Okay, guys, buckle your seatbelts. You're in for a ride. Today, we have an incredible episode that's a little bit different than all the stuff we usually do, but really in the same vein. Typically, we always wander off into biblical masculinity, but today we are hyper-focused on biblical femininity. Got two incredible guests. One, you may have read her articles on 1819 News on Sundays, Miss Ashley Carter. Not only does she write for us, but she also basically does everything else that makes the company go as well. And we have a TV show host, cooking TV show host, author, and mother of seven, Miss Stacey Lynn Harris, that's going to be joining us. We're going to dive in and talk about the beauty of biblical femininity. We have an incredible culture here in the state of Alabama, but our politics and public policy don't reflect the people of Alabama. Media drives culture. Culture is what drives politics and public policy. Welcome, everyone, to 1819 News, the podcast. I'm Brian Dawson, CEO of 1819 News and host of this here podcast, where we are pursuing a free and flourishing Alabama each and every week. And so today we've got a really special episode. It's different than anything we've done before. Uh, I've said this probably a thousand times at this point that the point of the podcast when we originally launched was news and culture talk about the goings-on in Montgomery and what's happening politically, maybe have a country music singer on and talk about barbecue or something like that. And we haven't steered completely away from that, but it seems like every time we get to talking to someone and we say, you know, what do we need for a free and flourishing Alabama? What is the need? And time after time, we hear, we need men to be men. We need fathers to be fathers. We need pastors to be courageous. That is the great need uh, that we have. And I think that is spot on, but I also think, getting back to a biblical view of what femininity is, is extremely important as well. And so I am a Rick and Bubba fan, and I was watching one of their podcasts, and I saw uh, one of our guests who's in here today, who I'll introduce here shortly, and thought, you know what, this would be a a great opportunity to do that. And so we're going to talk today uh, about um, biblical femininity, being a mother, education of children, Um, And then talk a little bit about um, a cooking show uh, that one of these two happens to run on. Is it Outdoor Network? Outdoor Channel. Outdoor Channel. Mm -hmm. There it is. So um, without going any further, I guess I should introduce everyone. Um, One person who is here is behind the scenes, making everything happen, uh, writes for us, organizes the podcast. Um, I mean, herds cats, does really just about everything, is also (laughs) my, uh, my executive assistant and Nothing works without her, and that's Miss Ashley. Uh, Ashley Carter, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Happy to be here. And as my children call her, Miss Mashley. Love it. And so it's really hard for me to call her Ashley because I I will, even in business settings, say Miss Mashley, and I'm just like, I did that. So (laughs) It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay. I don't mind it. (laughs) Good. Well, and then um, joining us also is Stacey Lynn Harris. Yep. Hello. I'm glad to be here. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us and making the drive up here. Yeah, it was a good drive. I had good. a good time on the drive, yeah. Good. Made some phone calls. Yeah, I get a lot done. On, I, I do the drive way yeah. too often. I yeah. try three or four times a week I do the drive. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> <The drive. laughs> okay. Well, um, want to dive right in. Um, I As I kind of teed up with everything, we talk a lot about um, biblical masculinity, pastors, fathers, husbands, um, people keeping their oaths and their covenants in a masculine way. What does that mean? How does that affect our societies? Everything from legislators to law enforcement to, you know, pastors, fathers, husbands, all this stuff seem, is a really prime focus. And, you know, one of the things that I see, I have an incredible wife who has is the mother of 
my seven children, and you are a mother of seven children as well. And I really wanted to, you know, I, I hear people always ask me, how come you do this? How come you do that? And it's like, you know what? We should just bring someone else in and have a conversation and, and see what it is that drives them uh, to live a certain way. And so talk a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, you know, all, all that, a little background on you. So I am from Montgomery um, originally, and I live in Pike Road, so not far from there now. Yeah. And I, um, my mom, I grew up with a really career-oriented mother that was, um, she had to kind of take care of herself, and so she wanted me to be able to take care of myself. So I was kind of on that career road um, all the way through, you know, everything, like um, student council president, this and that, you know, all of those kinds of things used to get me to where, you know, she thought that I should go, which um, I did go to law school, and um, and then I married my husband, which is this incredible hunter, and I became a hunter and, and a hunter's wife anyway, and then just a mother really quickly after we got married. So I had a baby like three months after we were married. I was in, I mean, three, sorry about that. Scratch that. Three, I got pregnant three months after we were married, had the baby about a year and a month after we were married. The math work there you go. Yeah, and um, yes, and I was actually still in law school. But once I, you know, started thinking about motherhood and um, I had, I became a Christian when I was eight years old. And so I was thinking, what am I going to do with this? And so, um, you know, so that is kind of, you know, the, just a fast overview of my life from a child, you know, growing up and then, you know, kind of to where I am now. Okay. So, yeah. Awesome. Ashley, give us a little background on you. Oh goodness! Yes, that, that, no pressure. Okay, no pressure. Okay. Um, I, I grew up and it is the hardest part because <laughs> yeah. What do you say? Yeah. Um, I grew up in Prattville. Uh, grew up with a family that strong belief in um, marriage. I I watched that through my grandparents, my great grandparents, and my parents. Um, so for me, um, the the marriage covenant was very strong in our household and our family and it was um, something that was very important to me but anyway I got married very young and and it's no secret my story was shared last Sunday Talk about um that. yes so um and I'm not gonna cry on this podcast today it's um, okay if you do. so I uh, was in a relationship when I was um, 18 years old with the rebel that my dad did not want me to date and um you know me being the rebel that I was I decided I'd date anyway and um clearly not going in God's direction. And out of that came the biggest blessing for me. Wow. Um, I found out shortly after my 18th birthday that I was pregnant with my son, who will be 22 in November. Wow. And um, I was alone other than my family. Because the bond was so strong with my parents and my grandparents and my great-grandparents, um, it was never an option for me to choose anything other than life. It, it wasn't even discussed. Um, his biological father, you know, chose not to take on that role. Um, but God blessed me beyond measure. I met my husband when I was almost four months into my pregnancy. Wow. We've been together since that day. He oh was there gosh. when Christopher was born. He cut the cord. Oh, um, how amazing. He's amazing. Yeah, he's wow. amazing. So awesome. um, anyway, I shared that story this past week. So it's very, um, it's great just that you're here and, because I don't think there's a lot of uh, women that are talking about how strong, how important it is, our role. Yes, and it how is so important. Marriage is just a a piece of paper right now to people. You know? Yes. Um, yes. So anyway, I and went then, all over the place, but no, you guys, but I did. Sundays is when Ashley's content comes out that she writes about, 
Um, she's covered, you know, it's very kind of has a Shaun of the South feel to it a little bit where she just celebrates what it was like growing up in Alabama and having a family and cooking with grandma and all these different things, but also we'll dive into what she just shared now. And, and so, um, I didn't know she could write. I don't even know if she knew she could write <laughs> and she just Funny dives story. in and whatever needs to be done, she does. And, and she just wants to do as much as, you know, as she can for the company. And, and we found out she could write and it's been a huge blessing for a lot of people uh, to, to, to write and write about those things. And one of my favorite things about it, and it's what I see embodied in my wife and Ashley knows my wife is, you know, a lot of times when, when you start to talk about biblical femininity, a lot of people start thinking like, you know, denim skirts and head coverings mm-hmm. and women be quiet mm-hmm. and stay in the kitchen and all this other stuff. Kind of what, what I think people think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's because mm-hmm. they do think that, right. Yep. That is yeah. the thought. And it's like, okay, if you're not going to be CEO businesswoman then that means that you know that that you're frumpy and and can't come mm-hmm. out of the house, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 so those are it's those are polar things here. It's like yeah. there is a whole bunch of room in the middle uh, for what I would say is honoring God, right? And Absolutely. and and glorifying uh, that role. And there was a book. I'm totally going to plug this book, and I don't know if if Ashley's read it or not, but it was hugely helpful for my wife and I. Uh, it was by Rebecca Merkel, uh, and it was called Eve in Exile. Mm-hmm. And it is unbelievably good. And it really helped us see that it's the, the uh, it helped my wife to, to really dive into her role in the home and to love it and to beautify it and to make our house a home and, and her to realize that she's actually honoring and glorifying God and doing that and training the children each and every day and educating the children and cooking and teaching my daughters to cook. I have five daughters and, and just it's, it's incredible and it's beautiful and it's honoring God. And that's just not that's not cool and hip anymore. Uh, and I think, I think it's cool. So it is Uh, one of the things that I think is so great is that as a, as a wife, I can be so creative in every area. So I help my husband with his business. Um, actually my son, thankfully, cause that hadn't been my favorite thing. And so my son, thankfully has kind of stepped into that role, but throughout, you know, his whole career, you know, I was there, you know, helping him with that. And, um, and then I've been able to express creativity through cooking, through managing the house, through even keeping, um, a calendar. I mean, all of it is a creative act mm-hmm. and, you know, and then, you know, homemaking, making sure that the home is beautiful is important Mm. people don't see it as important it is Mm. extremely important and it's not vanity it is the way that god made us we're made in his image and he's a creator and we are to create and i see every little thing that we do spurs on another creative activity Mm -hmm. and i see that with my kids and each time that that we cook something they think of something new to cook something some way different and, you know, keeping a garden and, hey, let's do it different this time. Everything spurs on another layer of creativity. Mm. So I think you know. for me growing up um, and, and being creative is is very important. It's always part of our job. We are always being able to be creative. But I think for me growing up, um, there wasn't a book that I read. I saw my grandparents. And this every day, I, I kid you not, every meal we had at their home my grandfather never got up from the table. And when I say this, some people are going to take it like, that's, you know, wow. I mean, that's awful that he, you know, that he would do that. No, it was the most beautiful picture. Dinner would be prepared. My poppy, as we called him, would be sitting at the table and my meemaw would fix his plate first and she would bring it to him oh, before yeah. she fixed her own. She yeah. he, she had cooked the meal, yeah, yeah, but yeah. she took him his plate. He never asked for it, right. never demanded it. This right. man never raised his voice 
Yes. Ever in my life. He never raised his voice to anyone. But it was just this beautiful picture of respect and love and honor and to watch it unfold. And and that was from day one till the day he died. Yes. Um, yes. She never stopped with the servant attitude or the um, just that loving kindness. And I think we've totally forgotten this. And I may Mm -hmm. get in trouble for this, Brian, but I know one of my stories that I wrote— Um, It was probably the first one, and it may have seemed a little bit harsh um, when I said it, but for me, I'm still—I don't know how old you are, but anyway, younger generations, and I know me growing up, it was when we got out of high school, all the women wanted to be like, you know, in their power suits. Yes, 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 yes. And so I I think I mentioned that in one of my stories, that it's such a—women can still have a strong role in whatever they're doing, but they're looking for a, a power suit. And while our men are wearing skinny jeans, women's skinny <laughs> jeans. <laughs> and it's so, not a good look. No, it's yeah. not a good look. I don't know who told them or I if they have a mirror sure. when they walked by. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, and I could offend someone and offend someone. But um, I know we'll get into that. But, um, yeah. Anyway. It well, just, maybe we'll, we'll make things change. Yeah. You know? hey. Maybe we'll bring something else into vogue. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Take yeah. away the skinny jeans yeah. in the men's department. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so. I think, and we, we, we discussed this briefly before um, the podcast, but I think one of the things that we see happening has been, we've been laser focused on it in this podcast is we, is we see the feminization of men. Um, you know, I, I've heard biblical masculinity described as the glad acceptance of sacrificial responsibility. A husband bears the burden of providing, protecting, and purifying, and purifying is washing his wife in the water of the word. These are the responsibilities that a man has been called to, and he should be trained and raised to be able to shoulder those burdens. It's not happening anymore. Um, they don't do that. If 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 there's a, a bump in the night, I, I promise you, in eighty percent of the households in our country, the woman's going down there to check it out while the mm-hmm. husband sits in bed. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's egregious where we are, right? And so you see this huge effeminization of men, and that's been a focus. And and you have like there's whole red pill movements, and you know. Um, biblical masculinity movements with Michael Foster and Eric Kahn and, and, and Brian Sauvay and some of these guys uh, that are doing really great work. But one of the things that, that there isn't as a focus on is that, that, that men are becoming like women, but the women are, are starting to become like men with them trying to do everything that a man can do. And it's that whole anything they can do, I can mm-hmm. do better. In the military. Yeah. You know, having the women. Don't get me started on that. that work? <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, really, how does that work? I, you, know, you don't want to know it, my opinion. I may get kicked <laughs> off. We're going to get kicked off. I mean, seriously, men, I was listening to the podcast yesterday on testosterone. I thought it was so interesting. Good. And um, and I was thinking about that. I was like, men just, they have more muscle mass, period. You can look at a man. You can see that he has more muscle mass. Why would you send a woman in there to fight that does not have that, that's Amen. not able to 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 do that? And, I, I, don't, and, I don't get that. And worse yet is the fact that we were going to put them in the draft now, or at least that was a move. I don't remember. I think it got voted through that that if there's a draft, that our daughters will be in the draft. And it's like, mm, uh-huh. you're going to have to come get my daughters, yeah. Yeah. and it'll be over yeah. my dead body. Yeah, exactly. So um, yes. cra- crazy times. Yeah. It no, is. I don't. I don't agree. They should be in there at all. No. I mean, not in those roles. Yeah. No. Um, and I don't think that people are seeing how wonderful 
life can be when you are walking in the roles that you're meant to walk right. in. We were mm. talking right before right. Um, we came on, and I was saying, because I was talking to my family as I advised them about marriage and different things like that, because they're right around that that age. The first thing I would say is that they need to love the Lord more than anything. They need to be seeking God more than anything. And they, secondly, they need to be walking in joy. And when you're married and you're not being a helper to your husband and you're not doing, you're not fulfilling the role that God gave you, how can you be anything but depressed? Mm -hmm. And people are, you know, antidepressants, like my my husband's a dentist and so he sees people's records, whatever, and he said over 50% of the people and especially women are on antidepressants. And I think it's the busyness of life. I think it's all the technology and keeping up with people and keeping up with things. A lot of times I think, oh my gosh, I'm going to need one because there's so much going on. But when you get right down to the nitty gritty of what exactly are your priorities and you look at it, you're like, I'm not overwhelmed. Is the world that I feel like is throwing all of these these extra tasks on me, there's only a certain certain amount of things that I have to do. And the only thing really I have to do is obey God. Mm-hmm. And that is, if, yeah. if, if we had that mentality, we would, I, I'm sure that most of those people could come off of their medication. Not all of them. I know a lot of things are yeah. truly chemical, but, but you know, it's, it's a circular kind of thing. Absolutely. I was thinking about the testosterone and how, you know, y'all are talking about some of the things that, that cause the drop and those things cause low testosterone. You change those things, uh, then maybe you wouldn't even need it. But yeah. it's just a circular kind of thing. Yeah, we're 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 working against the created order. And I would argue, uh, not to get overly theological, but you look at, at, at the Genesis three fall. You look at, um, I think I think society overall, and and you even see it. Uh, Doctor Jill Tackett came on the podcast and talked about it. There's there's movements within Christianity where they're trying to kind of old earth Christianity and say that you know the earth is is you know millions and millions of years old and da da da, da all this other stuff and and what they what it seems like they're trying to get away from the fact that God created things the way that He said He created them and part of that creation is the order that He created it in and and instituted and so all of that's being flipped over and and what it boils down to to me is if there was no creation that means there was no fall. If there's no fall, that means we don't need Jesus, right? And so, and that seems to be why that's happening. But then you get into that that created order, and and God said this is how it is, and and we can. It's like if I pick up this microphone and drop it, which they're expensive, so I'm not going to do so. But you could imagine me doing it, right? Mm-hmm. If I let go of the microphone up here, what's what's going to happen? It's going to fall. We know that, right? And so that's the way that things are and we're and and you can you can go jump out of a plane without a parachute and really hope that things aren't that way or pretend or identify that things aren't that way yeah. identify as not submitting to gravity okay but at the end of the day things are the way they are things were created the way they were created yeah. and we can either work with that or we can work against mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. so confession time for me um again um <laughs> So even though watching that growing up with my family and it being so strong, I still feel to that, to the world. I mean, I wanted to be, um, well, I try to say this, um, trying to be more or do more, always wanting to do more. I never could say no. 
So anytime I got into a job yeah. or a role, um, they would see the abilities that I had, and then right. I would just keep pushing myself right. and keep it's pushing hard, myself. Very hard to say no when there's good opportunities. Yes, and so when I stopped, and it and it is because I'm in a strong church family that, and my husband is that. I have stepped back, and he's in the role that he's in, and and I can lean on him for these things. That he looked me, looked at me in my eyes. Actually, you know, I was the one that was on the antidepressants because I had tried to do so much of what the world was showing me that I needed to do. That when I let go of trying to do what the world was telling me was good, and mm-hmm. I just started doing what God called me to do. Yes. The peace. Yes. Oh, my gosh. The, the peace stress. Is incredible with there that. are no more antidepressants. Yeah. You may lose friends. Um, yes, I've lost and, them. You know, because, you know. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, because you can't go and play tennis with right. them necessarily if you're going to do, uh-huh. if you're going to have seven kids yep. or if you're going to do whatever God's called you to do. Um, and, you know, they, they take offense a lot of times to you saying no, and you're not really saying no, I don't want you the relationship I do, but I just can't do what you want me to do. Right. Um, You know, and even in business, you may not be able to get where you're going as fast as you want to go. Right. Um, But the thing is, what does God want? He could put me, and I I remember this one example one time, I I didn't do anything but raise kids for like 15 years. Mm -hmm. And, and, but I thought about, you know, golly, you know, I mean, what if I ever needed to practice law or what if I needed to do something else? And this is before I started this journey of this career that I have now. But um and but what happened is this guy called he I left my purse at church. <laughs> and um and so he was trying to look for my number. Well it happened to be one of the judges, like the appellate, I mean the um Alabama Supreme Court, Supreme Court judges. <laughs> and he said, um, you know, hey, we're having something up here today and I saw that you went to law school. Do you want to come? So from that and I took several of my kids, by the way, and that was a really good experience. We got to go in the judges' chambers. We got to do all kinds of stuff. But I'm like, he could put me anywhere at any time. I do not need a platform. I do not need to do anything for God to do what He wants to do with me. He can do it any 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 day of the week, anytime, even if I'm at home with my children. Right. He can call me to yeah. something. I think I had that conversation with Allison uh, when we were going to the Matt Walsh event. Um, I told her, she, she said, how did you get this job? I said, well, I literally just had a conversation with God. And I said, you know what? I'm letting go of everything. Yes. I, I'm not, you, if you lay it in my lap, this is what it would have to be. I'm thinking, I, I'm talking to God like, yeah, this yeah. will never happen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. my and confession time, <laughs> she applied and I told her no the first time. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Feel real stupid now. <laughs> It's okay. Yes, it all worked out. It worked out at the and perfect I think timing. The the role that we were, you would have been put into, you you would have still found your way to where you are now. Yeah. But um, you know when 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 um, my former chief of staff was like, hey, the the position that we need now is actually you know this 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 and this, and I'm like, that's that's Ashley. We have that resume. Send get him the resume, and then um, as soon as he talked to her, he's like, oh my gosh, this is gonna be this great. Is great. So, yeah. And so. There you go. I get to work and from home. See, it's, and I, mean, I get to spoil my grandbaby. He works it out. Oh, he, he absolutely works perfectly out. Perfectly works it out. And you know, another really incredible thing since we homeschooled our kids, um, you know, and I, I didn't like hunting to begin with um, at all because I did not grow up seeing what you saw, and um, and I came from a divorced family, and my dad hunted, mm-hmm. and um, he he came back from Vietnam 
you know, kind of uh, withdrawn, I guess. But his childhood was not easy either. Um, and anyway, but he hunted, and I was just afraid if I married some hunter that I would be ignored completely and that, you know, that meant that he just must not love me. And so I had to work through all of that. And, and as, you know, I finally heard God one day say, okay, you know what? You're not the Holy Spirit. I'm the Holy Spirit. I can deal with him. You get yourself right, and you stop bucking him mm. at every everything he does on this. You stop bucking him, and all of a sudden, my heart absolutely changed, mm. and now that catapulted this whole thing that I'm doing. Years later, you know, obviously, because that was at the beginning of our marriage, um, but years later, and, you know, that's how I started, and that's how all of the, you know, the cookbooks and now the show and the books and everything else, you know, began. And it's like, and, and from that, my children have learned how to run their own businesses. One of them, you know, is, is, uh, she became an English major and she's getting an MBA and, and she, um, wants to have a publishing company. All of the kids have taken little pieces and nuggets out of what I've done and what my husband has done and what God has shown us to do for their future. And so being creative and being a homemaker and, um, and that being your very first role Mm. and being a helper that has made my children, in my opinion, the obedience to God there has made them strong and capable and able to do what God has called them to do for their futures. Mm. I wish I could go back and talk to my 20 year old self. Oh I, yeah, things I would be totally different. Yeah, and 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 yeah, I always think about that because I think I would say, "What are you so stressed about?" Mm. That's probably what I would say. Stop being so. Why stressed are you out. asking him why he's going hunting again next Saturday? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like <laughs> go hunting. Yeah, exactly. Bring home the meat. Yeah, and yeah, I will exactly. cook it. That's you know, right. that's and, right. That's right. And it's interesting to see kind of how 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 God kind of works and brings people back to the design because you know um, I had a, a an, an, an interesting upbringing. Mm-hmm. I ended up, I got saved in prison. I, I heard. Okay. I, I, well, I mean, I watched some okay. things. So, 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 yeah. so I'm not throwing you <laughs> yeah, off. With the truth By the way, project. like I have six felonies. I'm glad you came okay. here. Okay. <laughs> I'm yeah. not scared. Okay, good. I got God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so that was me, uh, Christina, uh, my wife, she grew up in, um, you know, that it was modeled, but it wasn't, I mean, the values weren't really instilled. You know, the things weren't being handed down and taught. She didn't know how to cook when she left the house. She like none of these things. I and, didn't either. <laughs> and she, you know, she got married. She got divorced. Um, and you know, after getting divorced, kind of, I, I imagine she, if she got married again, she wanted to make sure that she did everything right that she felt like she maybe did wrong in the previous marriage, and she completely, you know, uh, and and it, and it, but it took work. It wasn't this instantaneous thing where she's like, oh, this is what God wants me to do. It took, you know, work with her. I, I should bring her in and have mm. her tell her story because hers is amazing too. But, um, you know, having to swallow pride and, and you know, forget everything you've ever been taught about, basically everything, yep. and really just look to the Word to teach you about what what it is that you're supposed to be doing, surrounding yourself with other people who believe those things. And, you know, over the course of um, nine years, I'm kind of just to say the wrong amount of years, I'm going to get in trouble. Uh, nine years of, of marriage, um, you know, watching what God has just grows her and grows her and grows her. And I mean, it's like leaps and bounds. I get to watch my wife be sanctified and grow and lean more and more into her role. And um, it's, I don't know, it's incredible. It is an incredible story. I think what's really sad now is that for women, I think that the stereotype of of being a stay-at-home mom or homemaker and being a helpmate to your husband and to be that person, they see you in this, you know, this apron that's always dirty. and 
But my gosh, it's beautiful. Yeah. To yeah. me, that's the most beautiful thing. It is. To, well, to yeah. play in the dirt with my grandson or to, you know, that we're learning these things. We take wagon rides every afternoon. Yes, yes. I mean, I, I, those things are so beautiful. And we're looking at, they think that they're looked upon as there's something wrong with that. Yet we're yeah. over here worrying about not hurting someone's feelings that don't know if they're a woman or not. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. And and one of the things that from the beginning of marriage, when I was thinking about, um, you know, having kids staying at home and all that, I was kind of like, why, it, you know, I don't know, this is kind of strange, but why would women put themselves under the curse of being a provider? Mm. Um, you know, when mm -hmm. take that curse along with the other, mm. you know, and I'm like, you know, I'm not, I don't need to do that. And yeah. so, and, and God, because what, what I'm doing is not trying to be the provider. That's the other thing. I'm not trying to like be the... I have, God has given me a, a, I guess I can call it a career. I don't really, more I think of a ministry. Mm. Um, and, you know, I may not talk about God the whole time that I'm doing this, but I am, I, the Holy Spirit hopefully is shining through me. Mm. And that's the other thing. I don't think you have to, I, I think women, men, everybody should be out there doing what God created and do better is build a, a spaceship, um, all of this is giving glory to God. Yeah. All of that without a word. Yeah. Your being is giving glory to God. Yeah. And I think it's, what what you're getting at too is it's like, you know, yes, you're, um, there's a word that I'm looking for and it's just industrious. Okay. You're being yes. industrious mm -hmm. in the home, but but the curse of provision is on the man and the, right. cur the curse, you know, again, and, and it's not necessarily the curse because even before the curse, there was work, there was work mm -hmm. and there yeah. was children yes. right? before the curse, yes. there was work and there was children. Yes. And so God said, be fruitful and multiply and subdue the earth and exercise dominion over it. Right. Before the curse, those things were issued. But then mm -hmm. when the curse came, it's the arduous nature of those tasks. That's that right. is the curse. Mm -hmm. yes. So you're going to work by the sweat of your brow. Right. It's going to suck. Right. Yes. It's going to hurt when you have kids. Right. That's the curse. Right. So work and kids is not the curse. Right. That's something that we get mixed up. Yes, and so, so true. Those things are good, but God said, okay, in order to do the things I created you to do, now it's going to be hard because of right. the curse, right? Yeah. And so, but then you look in Proverbs 31 and you see a woman who's very industrious. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. industrious. and She's making money. Yeah. She's, you know, she's creating yeah. and she's taking care of the kids and managing the home and managing the people there. Mm -hmm. Um, she's doing a lot. She's helping her husband. She shows up at the gate where he's at. Mm -hmm. She's, you know, you know, super industrious and maybe not all at the same time these things are happening. And that's where I think the Holy Spirit comes in and you have to listen to what is God telling me to do. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, you know, super industrious. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. So I'm just going to ask you squarely. So um, you have seven kids. Why do you got so many kids, lady? <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> well, you can either... Now, I, I won't say this for everybody. People have, um, I think God has to lead each family in the way that they need, to, that they're going to be led. Some people may have trouble having babies. Maybe their blood pressure goes up, but, uh, you know, and, and maybe they, you know, anyway, they may have, I don't know everybody's situation. But for me, it was, do you believe me, you know, with God? Do you believe mm -hmm. me or not? I say that they're a gift from the Lord. Mm -hmm. I say you're blessed if your quiver is full. Do you believe that? Um, you don't have to, you can prevent it. You don't have to have, you know, a whole lot of children and, and there's a way to prevent, you know, prevent babies just, um, naturally. So I don't think that there's anything necessarily wrong with that. But the fact of the matter is, do you believe that children are a gift from mm -hmm. me? 
So that's why we have so many children. <clears throat> yeah. You know, we, we yeah. live in a culture that hates children. Mm. Yes. We, we want to kill yes. them when they're in the womb. Mm. We yes. want to ignore them when they're out. We want to hand them a phone yep. and yes. have them be distracted. Yep. Yes. We have convinced ourselves. And it's every point where God says, this is good. Yes. Satan, you know, the world, the flesh and the devil mm-hmm. will come back and say that, no, actually that's bad. Yes. So God says, yes. this is good. No, that's bad. <laughs> yes. And it's always flipped like, identical. And so God says they're a blessing. The world says they're a curse. And this is the biggest thing that Satan can do because I'm looking now at my children and I'm seeing them like I have my oldest son and his wife they um when my oldest son was in uh in college he wished that there was a place that he could meet a girl he he wanted to get married and all and he wanted a bible study a, a citywide bible study there was just nothing like that um he didn't find any way at the time and same with a couple of my other kids when they went to college so when my son came back to Montgomery to work after dental school, he wanted to set that up. Well, it just so happened that once he and his wife married, um, and he didn't find her that way. He found her um, through like uh, uh, the like it wasn't eHarmony, but I think one of those, which is like really interesting, y'all. They are so perfect for each other that this is for a different time. But anyway, it, it's been amazing. They started a Bible study where a couple of my kids go to college. And that is really amazing to watch your family. One of them is is very good at marketing, doing graphics, come up with, you know, the name of it, the graphics of it. You know, the, now they have the two teachers that are, are leading it, which my son and his wife, um, them gathering people from all over the campus of different walks of life, people from um, India that are going to go back to India, people, you know, from Asia that are going to go back to Asia, spreading the gospel. Mm. And I think that that's the arrows. That is what I could never have done yeah. um, on my own. And you just don't know what your kids are going to do. And I could never, it's multiplied, yep. you know, when you have, when you have that. Yeah. Arrows are offensive weapons, right? Yep. And Vody Bauckham says that um, he's, whoever's going to be full and he's going to launch them out yes. into the world as offensive attacks against the plans of the enemy. Yes. Yeah. And yes. so, well, I'm, I'm with you. Obviously everybody knows. I think everybody knows. I also have seven yes. children and, and feel very similar as you. And, you know, I remember coming to the conviction that, that we, my family, we were to have as many as God would give us. And, and so, you know, we had, we had Gracie, who's our second, um, and, um, that, that we, we had that conviction then when we had Gracie, well, you know, th- not even three months later, she was pregnant with Reagan. And Whoa. so typically there's, we've, we've got spacing, but she was still working. She was still right. working at Baptist health at the time. And so anyway, I'm not going to get into all the, the <laughs> physics and, you know, biology of why she got pregnant again, <laughs> but, um, she was stressed and she basically wasn't able to continue expressing milk, which then means, you know, I understand um, that. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. Birds and the bees yeah. guys. That's, uh, yes, that's you know, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So, you're going to get pregnant right yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. she got pregnant right away. <laughs> And, that, you know, all of her paid time off was gone. All of her, you know, EOD, all of uh, all that stuff was gone. And we're like, God, how, how you know, we, we, we thought you wanted us to have kids. Now we're mm-hmm. being obedient. How are we going to do this? And I'm, I'm just going to tell the story because it's such a cool yeah. story. Um, so we're like, how, how are we going to do this? Well, she um, is under the conviction, too, that 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 um, that she needs to, to, to be working in the home uh, and that she needs to leave her career and that that's what she wants to do. And she didn't like dropping the kids off at daycare. Oh, yeah. Right. And she's yeah. just, and I'm like, I'm, I grew up in this. I don't know yeah. that there's a difference. And, and I'm like watching my wife cry when we drop the kids off at daycare. Oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. it was eating her up. And I'm like, okay, well I feel like I should do something. Yeah. <laughs> and at the time, you know, she made more money than I did. Right. Mm-hmm. And, 
I was just like, okay, what do we do here, God? Well, um, she said, well, maybe I could get my medical coding license. If I get my medical coding license, I'll be able to work from home. Um, you know, how are, you know, how are we going to do this? And so, um, she goes and gets the, the curriculum. It's like, it's $1,500 to get this stuff. I kid you not. We get a check from her dad for a late wedding gift for $1,500. Oh, bucks. wow. $1,500 no. on the dot. Yeah. Bink, yeah. bink. That was yeah. the need. And we're like, okay, we're listening, God. Yes. <laughs> you yes. got our attention. Yes. And so um, went through that. She took, And it came with, you could take the test twice. And she failed the first time um, and then took the test again while she was like, like a month or two months out from having Reagan, took the test, passed it. And now she's like, okay, well, how am I going to find a job as a medical coder? Well, oh, she was that very, be very easy. Yeah. Well, and she was very, very, very good um, at her job at, at, at Baptist. And yeah. she was on the career path to be like an executive there. Yeah. Wow. And so she walked in and she walked in and looked on the wall and there was a thing saying hiring for medical coders, like right when she walked <laughs> Isn't in. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And so she applies yeah. and they're like, yeah, lady, are you sure you want to be a medical <laughs> coder? Cause you're headed <laughs> yeah. to the top. And yes, she said, yes, I want to come home and I, you know, and all these things. So she ends up starting as a medical coder. She had to do so however many days in the office before she could come home with a computer and code from home. Um, and it worked out perfectly to where she was able to, she had two weeks paid time off built up from the last wow. delivery and she only really needed two weeks off. But if she had to get up and go to work and walk upstairs and all that other stuff, it would have been brutal, but she was able to hold Reagan wow. in her arms wow. and medical, you know, do medical coding from home, but she was still working and she didn't even want to be doing that. Right. And it's like, okay, well how, financially, I don't know how we do this. Well, she would work at nights and I would work during the day. And then I had the kids at night and she had the kids during the day. Right. And so we were able to pull them out of daycare. So we managed that money. We had a car that was um, that we had a car payment on, but it didn't work. So we were driving two beaters that <laughs> oh, were yeah. paid off. Okay, and then wow. the car that we had a payment on didn't work. So oh, we didn't wow. like we could sell it. Yeah. And this young guy that was coming over that was kind of mentoring him or whatever. He said, hey, man, can I buy that car? Oh, I've gosh. i cash. I want to buy it right now. Yeah. Boom, buys it. Car wow. payment going, right? And so all these things just start to happen to where she's able to. And then now all of a sudden we've got like this influx of cash. I'm like, man, I think we need to buy like a boat or something. Right? <laughs> like, so I'm a guy. And my wife looks at me and she says, I'm coming home. And I'm, like, okay, okay, I'm wrong. I don't know what was happening. I just saw this money. Yeah. And so we picked the day, I believe it was Gracie's third birthday that, that, that she would go in and turn in her computer. Wow. She went up there went to give the computer back actually. And they said, no, actually you can work PRN, which basically wow. means you'll make, you know, 25 bucks an hour or whatever it was, which, you know, yeah. And, yeah, and yeah. just get on the computer and code when you want. You're not required to code. You're not, but, but it's mm. there if you, if you need the extra wow, money. Wow. Yeah. And so she did that for a number of years and we didn't really utilize it too terribly much, but it was there if we needed it. And then finally, you know, she's, she's able to do home it now. That um, is amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. That is so great. Yeah. yeah. I think if we weren't so stubborn and we just listened and, yes. and followed and just, you know, did it his way instead of our way, things would be so much easier. But it would. And I, you know, I was talking this weekend about that exact thing with, with, um, you know, with some adults, but you know, the kids were there too, but just how, when you're walking with God and you're really listening that your life will not be easy. It will be very scary. God will always call you to do something that's way bigger than what mm. you could ever imagine, which he has done, you know, with both of y'all. And, um, but the adventure mm. is worth it. Mm. And that people think that Christians lives are so boring and mm. that they can't do this and they can't do that. It's not about <laughs> rules. It's about grace. Not that we don't, obey God, you know, because we do, but the adventures are just mm. unbelievable and seeing miracles, you know, you will see miracles mm -hmm. when you're praying. Yeah. Yep. 
watching God work when you're when you're being obedient and to to be obedient would put you in a terrible situation mm. here. But he said, you know, he desires obedience over sacrifice. Mm. Yes. Be obedient. You know what I'm calling you to do. And you say, OK, God. And, and I always say it in a gospel presentation at the very end of it. We need we need to lean so hard on the truths of Scripture and His Word and the promises that if they weren't true, we would fall flat on our face. Mm. Yes, because yes. if our posture is such that we're leaning on these promises that are yes, invisible, that's true. Yeah. that if they weren't there, we would fall on our face, and then that's when the world that's can see good. Christians, mm. yeah, living what they believe, yeah. and they're like, "There's something different about those people." Mm. Like, yeah, a bunch of kids. There's something different. Yeah, yeah. Weird. <laughs> 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 well, see, yeah. they're weird. Hey, that's the other thing. I'm all about weird. Yeah, and I'm like, the why queer. would you want anybody? That's just so normal, mm. yeah. you know. So you know, when my my oldest kid, um, and he is peculiar. I mean, he, you know, he could be considered that. He's like the coolest guy ever. <laughs> but um, but anyway, he went to school, and he's just like you know. So I was talking to one of my friends, and this other guy that's really normal, so nice of a guy. I love this guy, but he's like super normal. And he was, and, and they were talking about homeschooling, and oh well, you know, they're weird, and you know. So I mean, you know, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the the mentality. And so you know, he came and talked to me about it, and he wasn't upset about it, but I had been, I was starting to write a homeschool book and I'm kind of three quarters of the way through, but I haven't finished it. But I was labeling a lot of people at the beginning of that, you know, like all of these people that were homeschooled and, and now I can't even remember who they are, but I'm like, so would the world think they were weird? Would the world think they were weird? What about Mm. this person over here? Well, they're pretty weird. Well, they went to school. So, I mean, you know, you can't say that, but I'm like, but, but even so, why would anybody want to be normal? Yeah. I mean, you know, what, what's Especially the fun of that? I, yeah. I remember the day we, we didn't start homes. I only have two children, um, but we didn't start homeschooling immediately. We yeah. had our kids in public school. And I think it was right about my son's ninth, ninth grade year. No, actually, no, his 10th grade year. We took him out of public school. I can remember the day that we took him out. Um, and put them in homeschool. The football coach oh, gosh. chased me <gasps> to the front door because Chris, if you know my son, was a great, a, he's a great athlete. Um, he played baseball and football. That would and be hard. You Is put, he okay with coming home? Oh, oh, he kept playing sports. Okay, we good. went okay. to a okay, Ezekiel yeah, yeah. Academy oh, yeah. in Montgomery. We do too. Okay, yeah. and um, and <laughs> so it's like a homecoming thing. Yeah, like, how are we not yeah I know. Before this, this um, is so weird. And so as soon as he started playing there things changed, you know, with the, with their football program and baseball program, not just because of him, but oh, I don't it was know. just, um, <laughs> it anyway, like it. But, she, but the coach is like, you know, you're going to go homeschool and he's going to go play with this little rinky dink little school. Nothing. It's a good, they National, play some they six A stuff. And, yeah, and he'll never get a scholarship and he'll never have the opportunity to play. He was offered a scholarship in football and baseball. Oh my he gosh, took baseball. That is so um, cool. But that's the thing. Like they put that label on homeschool. Yeah. There are so many blessings when you come home and you homeschool your children. They had so many more opportunities to play sports. Oh, yeah, the opportunities are in That it wasn't just like, you know. <laughs> yes. My my favorite, like, kind of come back to the socialization thing that they say about homeschooling is when Tim Tebow married Miss Universe. Oh, yes. And it was like, I mean, I guess that worked out for it him. It worked out for him. It was socially awkward. I assume you homeschooled your children. I did. Why I did. did you homeschool you know, there's two two reasons. One is academic, perfectly academic and and social, and the other is because you know I felt that was the best way to live out Deuteronomy six, six four yes. through seven. I was just about to say yes, it. and so <laughs> it, you know how you know I thought to myself, 
First of all, my best hours of the day, I'm not a morning person and I'm not a night person. So the best hours of the day for me as a mother is the middle of the day. And so what it says, you know, in, in Deuteronomy is when you rise up, when when you lie down, when you walk by the way, when you, you know, are sitting in your houses, um, to be talking about the commands of the Lord. And to me, you it's you have to be able to do that throughout your day. It comes up. You don't just like all, you know, say, oh, we're going to have this specific time that we do this. We did that for our curriculum reasons. But um, but the more lessons were when we were taking walks um, mm. and when we would see things or we were just talking about some philosophical, you know, idea, um, you know, and and it came up. And, and we talk about the Lord and creation and all of the blessings of God constantly, all day, every day. Mm. And so that's just the lifestyle that we live. It's not like it's pushed or, or planned. It's just, it, it happens. And that's the best way to do it. When the children aren't separated from their parents, they become like their parents. Yes. And yes. so there's, um, so the, 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 the Bible verse that everyone knows about children, uh, not everyone knows Deuteronomy six and people aren't going back to the old Testament for instruction. That's a podcast for another day or maybe another <laughs> podcast. But, um, is, is Ephesians it says, train your children up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. People don't know what nurture and admonition is not. So we, we hear that and we're like, okay, well, I kind of know what nurture, admonition, I, I don't know. Well, when you look up those words, it's nuthateo and paideia, right? And the nuthateo is a firm rebuke, uh, which would be the admonition. You need to discipline your children and mm-hmm. correct them. But the paideia, the nurture, which is, is, is there's, not a, there's, not an, there's not a one-to-one English word for paideia. And what paideia is, is the enculturation of your children. Mm-hmm. So paideia comes from the Greco-Roman world. So Roman pedagogy was how they trained Romans to be Romans. There was no such thing as a Roman becoming, you know, wanting to, you know, do their hair this way. I'm, I'm just exaggerating. Like you think you're a teenager, like, whoa, what is, what is he doing or experimenting with this? Or like they made sure that the, they were going to be the best Roman citizen possible mm-hmm. And they did that through paideia, enculturation, what they read, what they watched. You know, they didn't have TV that, but like the plays that they watched, the the, the books that they read, um, and the fact that they were there, and it was a very intentional, hands-on approach of developing and enculturating your children. And so Paul is saying, train your children up in the paideia of the Lord. And where he was in Ephesus, the people of Ephesus would have known what paideia was, mm-hmm. and it was a very controversial mm-hmm. concept. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he's saying we need to have a paideia, but it's not a Greco-Roman paideia. It's the it's parents, a paideia of the Lord, family, a yeah. paideia of the Lord, and we need to be creating Christian citizens, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that takes work yeah. and mm-hmm. hours and hours mm-hmm. and hours of mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And so again, this, I was going to say this isn't me advocating for homeschooling, but maybe it is. I don't know, <laughs> but. You know, if if your children are away from you at those prime hours, you know, right. and, and someone else is paideing yep. them, right? Yes. Someone else is yes. doing paideing. Yes. You're not the one doing it, and that was a big thing for us. Is like, man, you don't want to have to undo it, right? Yeah. Um, and and I, I you know, it's my husband would come home every day for lunch too. So when he comes home, I mean, and so there was this, just this family family oriented lifestyle um, instead of everybody going to their separate things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know, I I wouldn't say we did everything right for sure. But the thing is, is when you're being obedient, God covers all the Mm -hmm. things that you did wrong. And, you know, because we, we had so many, 
it was hard to have them in a lot of different things. We gave them an opportunity, but a lot of stuff was during hunting season. And so, you know, my kids chose not to do that because mm-hmm. they really liked hunting. Yeah. And which became the hugest blessing. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this is such a blessing when I hated it, mm. you know, so much. Um, That's how God and, works. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it was, it was such a blessing, but, um, you know, but anyway, and I can, I, I see that it could also work if people went to school, but my, like my mom, if, she, if she wasn't at work, she worked full time and she was a career person, but she was with me. And in today's society, it's not so much, it's not so much like that. Mm. There's so many activities and the parents mm. go here and the kids mm-hmm. go here. And even back then, maybe it was that way. I don't, I don't know, but she made sure that she was with me and is still in values. And the crazy thing is, I don't even think she was a Christian during all those years, but God, you know, I was in church. We were in church. God used her and, you know, showed her how to raise me. It was just amazing. She it, she dedicated me to God when I was born and was just like, you know, there's nothing. I don't know what to do with this, you know, with this child. And she didn't even really, she doesn't really like children that much. She loves all the grandchildren, but she'll tell you in a heartbeat, I'm not keeping the nursery. I am yeah, not a kid. That's my dad. And so, you know, yeah. And so she's like, she, that's no, no surprise and, you know, no um, hidden thing. But, you know, but she's absolutely loved all of us with all of her heart, but it wasn't her um, personality at yeah. all to, you know, nurture a child. And God gave her that ability, you know, mm. to do that with me. But Amen. anyway, yeah, it's cool. Mm. I feel like I could sit here literally for like 10 hours and just keep yeah. talking. Um, but for the sake of everyone, probably not having 10 hours. Um, <laughs> so this has been way, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be fun, but this has been even more fun than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. So really, yeah really it's good. really cool. Super fun. <laughs> yeah. So um, talk to us about um, your cooking show, where people can find it, how oh, it yeah. came about. So um, I've been, I, I wrote my first book in 2013 and it was, um, we went to a church in, in Tennessee and the, and I, I was talking about wild game and I said something to a girl like, you know, I, I've been thinking about writing a book and it was on, you know, in the back of my mind um, because I wanted beautiful pictures. I wanted, you know, to have all of that with the wild game and to support my husband in that way. And she says, you should do it. So by the time I got in the car and we made it home five hours later, I had the outline. I had everything ready, and three months later, you know, I pu- I published the first book, mm. and then a um, a publishing company wanted to republish it as an ebook, and then they wanted a DVD, and they wanted me to write a sustainable living book, so I did that, and then I met a couple of people along the way, and was um, a part of the Sporting Chef show, which now I'm the host of. And mm. I was a part of that for a long time. I was on all the episodes. And then um, the producer decided he wanted to just produce it and didn't want to be the host. So he, you know, I'm now the host of that show. And it's on the Outdoor Channel at prime time, right before Andrew Zimmern's show at 7. Mine is at 7.30, 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. And um, and that whole night is like the Taste of the Wild, which mm. is, you know, a lot of um, wild game kind of cooking and mine is not just wild game it's harvesting nature um it's it, there's just a, and i have guests on there that do different things on there so you can find that um and then stacylynharris.com is where you can find me everywhere because you can go to all my social media from there and so facebook is at stacy lynn harris and it's just one n um no e and stacy and follow me there uh and you know and and subscribe to my newsletter because i have all kinds of recipes and i'm um, got books and you can buy them 
from me on my website if you want them signed or on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. So that is kind of how it all happened. And that's where you can find me and Amen. find more about me. And the good news is the person who puts all that stuff in the show notes is sitting right beside <laughs> yes. you. So it, it will it's already done. there. Okay. Yeah. Yay. So. This is awesome. This is awesome. Yes. This is great. I've been watching some of your videos. Okay. So I think I mentioned to you earlier, I watched the one about your the fried cornbread. cornbread. Yeah. I love that. I didn't that. think anybody else did, did that. that. But my Meemaw. See, that my was, grandmother. It was homemade chicken and dumplings yes. and fried cornbread. Yes. And so good. everybody wants the fried cornbread. Oh, so. it's like, I don't know. It's like, yeah. it's like. There's I'm something sure about it. You've never had it? Oh, we must. Oh, you must have it. it yeah. is, you are Sunday. missing out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Fried cornbread. <laughs> so right. easy to make, yeah. but it's the best comfort. That and the homemade chicken and dumplings. Yes. Or oh, chili. Yeah. Or, you know, to, uh, my grandmother's thing was the vegetable soup. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. But it had stew meat in it. Vegetable soup, but it has, it has mm. you know, meat. Yeah. yeah. We have to have meat in the South. So can yeah. I ask you about the wild game yeah. stuff? Okay. So I know you cook that yeah. a lot. Absolutely. And you've got several recipes on there. And um. Our, our, this podcast is actually going to air right around Thanksgiving. And oh, so yeah. I'm kind of curious as to, for you, being a wild game yes. cook, and is, do you have that at Thanksgiving? We do. And um, and we have it, like, um, on Christmas, I make a bourguignon, a venison bourguignon, which is, like, to die for. It's on the website. Hmm. And so just look it up in the search bar. But we do that. And then at um, Thanksgiving, I'll do a stuffed turkey breast. And mm-hmm. usually it's a wild turkey. Okay. Um, and I've got that. And Outdoor Channel on their YouTube, there's a um, playlist of my all of my recipes that I do for Thanksgiving. Hmm. So I've got like a corn chowder and you know the stuffed turkey breast and um, and all the sides. I've got all kinds of you know sides hmm. and you know the green bean casserole and yeah, all, all the all good of stuff. That stuff. Yeah, but we do that and and also you know I'll make a, a fried turkey or smoked turkey. I have this big series going on right now on my website that I'm putting out every other day, which is how to make turkey, like how to brine and cook a turkey perfect every time. Hmm. So I've got roasting it, smoking it, you know, all all the ways you can make turkey, you know, on the website. So, Interesting. You know, good to know. So it's been fun. Yeah. Yep. It's been good. It's been fun. Well, I'm going to not be in Alabama for Thanksgiving. I'm going to be in Colorado <laughs> <Yeah>. visiting family. <laughs> but the good news, so we may use some of it. So <clears throat> I, my, my mom's side of the family is from Colorado Springs. Oh, well, they're from anyway. They're all in Colorado Springs. And then my dad's side of the family, kind of Kansas and, and all over. Well, now my part of my dad's family that we usually visit is now in Colorado Springs. And they're all from uh, West Monroe, Louisiana. Oh, wow. Yeah. So okay, uh, cool. we'll uh, we'll probably maybe maybe try some of this. And I'm sure he's got some deer in the freezer. So Well, I have an oyster dressing that would be good. Y'all need to try. You know, mm. the Louisiana Sold. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. And real, I, I really want to know this one last thing. Yeah. Um, about you, how did you end up in Alabama? I don't. I missed that. I'm gonna have to send you the story. Okay. Because yeah. it, it takes about an hour and a half. So oh. I don't, you know. Okay. Yeah. I guess we can't Pretty do cool that. But story, the short though. version is there was a girl. Ah, uh, there was a girl. That's there all that. Girl. That's Christina. all we need. And to it know. all worked out. <laughs> the epitome so, of the Southern Belle. Yeah. Okay. Even okay. though she's from California and but raised it, in Kansas, but she's got the Southern thing. Down. Yeah, she's yeah. got it she's down. The hospitality. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. You'll it's have amazing. to come over yeah, for no, dinner. We, we, we'll, have say, to, we'll have to have everybody over. Yeah, have, I don't know how we'll all get at the table. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll have, do we it. We have other tables. Yeah. yeah. We'll just fill the whole we'll bring, We can bring our own chairs and That's tables. right. That's we'll right. Outside. <laughs> okay. Well, good stuff. All right, guys. Um, that wraps it up for today. I got to tell you guys about something very, very important. Hopefully, you've been frequenting the website. And on it, uh, you see a place where it talks about membership clubs. Well, as we move forward... 
Um, the way that 1819 is going to work and be funded is by the people who read it and love it um, financially support us. And so the opportunity for you guys to become members is on there. Click on there. Uh, become a member. We have premium members, the 1819 Club membership, and then the basic membership. All of these have corresponding merchandise that come with it. Really, really cool merch. There's hats and hoodies and uh, magazines and all kinds of other stuff. Um, so go there, sign up, and, and help us continue to do the work uh, that we're doing uh, for the people of Alabama. And so until next time, put your trust in God and keep your powder dry.